When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is iFanboy Special Edition Black Adam. Welcome to Special Edition iFanboy Show on Black Adam. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I am joined by my old pal, Paul Montgomery. Hello. Hey, everybody. And we're here to talk about Black Adam, the newest film from DC Warner Brothers, Discovery, the latest, I guess, in the DC Universe animated... No, that's the other show we do. No, that's the, the DC Extended... Uh, what is it even called? It's, it's the it's the Rock Presents Black Adam. <laughs> right. So, uh, spoiler warning for the Black Adam film. That, uh, as Paul mentioned, was produced by and stars Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, as Black Adam. Directed by uh, Jomi, Colette, Sarah, and written by Adam Steeskill, Rory Haynes, and Shirab Nashirvani. It was interesting, Paul. I went in with incredibly low expectations. Sure. I mean, reviews were out for this. Yeah, I mean, A, was... the DC movies aren't that good. And B, the reviews are pretty bad. So I, yeah. I went in expecting it to be disaster and it did not meet those incredibly low expectations, but I don't... You mean it surpassed those low? Yeah, it... It, 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 it wasn't uh, as bad as you thought it was going to be. But it wasn't good. Right, no, yeah. I felt a lot of conflicted emotions watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Because I love The Rock. He's one of my favorite movie stars, TV stars, whatever, he, you know, whatever. He has great presence. He's very magnetic but, personality. They, like, removed all of his personality for this character. Black Adam is a glowering, monotone-talking, mm-hmm. you know, charisma black hole, which is strange because The Rock is like a walking charisma machine. But the thing that really sort of got to me, I think it was about, like, halfway through the movie, was I thought, oh, shit. They haven't been listening at all. Like, they're doubling down on the ethos of these DC movies. You know, like... The whole thing with Warner Brothers is they saw the success that Marvel was having with the Marvel movies and then Disney, and they said, we want that too. And instead of doing the work, you know, they looked at the plane in the sky that was the Marvel movies, and they tried to build the plane as it was flying, and it was, it's was it been a disaster. I mean, I don't think anyone right. can say that. They copied the homework, but they didn't remember to show their work. Right, and I, other than the most ardent Snyder fans, I don't think anyone can say that you know, outside of Wonder Woman, the first one, that all almost almost all of these 
shared universe films have been a disaster. From Man of Steel to Batman vs Superman to Justice you know, League to Suicide Shazam Squad. Shazam is watchable. Shazam Aquaman is fun, is and Aquaman is kind of watchable. But like, it's fun. You know, in terms of also just business wise, like Aquaman and is the only I think it's the only billion dollar grossing film of all these DC films. Mm. And when you have side character Marvel films grossing tons and tons of money, you would think that they would see that and say, "Oh, we need to change up." But here, it felt like their whole mission statement of this film was no. <laughs> we are doubling down on nihilism and the idea that badassery wins in the end. See, that's interesting because I think that this movie is sort of it's it's a bit schizophrenic in a way because yes, yeah, it is, it is kind of very edgy and stuff, but then it's also like extremely corny mm. in places where where. Shazam and and to an extent Aquaman kind of succeeded in just how corny they are but like all the stuff with not all the stuff but a lot of the stuff with the, the JSA is extremely corny and then like the I the thing that totally took me out of the movie and I and I had like an out of body experience <laughs> was when you get the needle drop for well there's two really bad ones but the, mm-hmm. the first one is smashing pumpkins yeah and we've got literally a kid with a jacket wrapped around his waist riding a skateboard <laughs> and i was just like when was this film made like what well, like the sensibility of it the soundtrack was was really on the nose yeah it's like that not Shazam but Kazam the like the Shack movie that's what the, the, there's parts of this movie that feel like that like there's it's kind of like this is so this is a pg-13 film i had to check but there are parts where it's like this feels like a pg terminator 2 oh 100 it was i had the same thought paul yeah because you've got this you know the kid who's i I feel he's i'm sure he's a very nice young man but he's just like the extremely bland character yeah he loves superheroes it's the same character as uh what what freddie in in uh shazam but with like less, I don't know, dynamism. There's there's less going on, there's less dimension. And he's got this hero that he's trying to train to be a hero. And they tilt towards some stuff with like him catching the bit of uh you know, the man with no name, the uh Yeah, the, uh, the Clint Eastwood. The, the Clint Eastwood stuff, the Western stuff. Yeah. And that like they don't earn that. But like I could see the trope that they were going for is like, oh, he's this completely milquetoast, bland character, this formless humunculus or whatever, who this boy is trying to imprint heroism on, and he picks up stuff from media. Like, it's it's like the Iron Giant wanting to be Superman. But, they, like, that is, like, coming to blows with how edgy, you know, The Rock wants Black Adam to be. He wants Black Adam to be this big thing where everyone is clamoring for him to go up against Superman. And I think there's yeah. a large segment of the audience that is going to be all about that. Well, let's 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 definitely that. put a pin in that because that's a whole discussion I think for the end. But sure. I literally have the same Terminator 2 thought because you've got a kid here, a precocious kid who is trying to guide a unstoppable killing machine. Uh, it's the same setup, same yeah. sort of dynamic. But to me the switch was that here him and his mom really kind of wanted him to be a homicidal maniac. Like, yeah. They were really pro that, as opposed to Terminator, where the whole thing was trying to stop from being homicidal. Anyway, the story of this is it opens with a Lord of the Rings style. I don't know how long it went. Ten minute intro to the the history long. of yeah. of Kondok and the Black Adam powers and Shazam, the Wizard Shazam. And then basically, once we get to the present, it's a nonstop two hour fight scene. It never 
really lets up for more than a few minutes. We never really get in much in the way of quiet moments. When, when they are quiet, it's usually people yelling at each other about philosoph- mm. philosophical differences and crime fighting. Right. There's not a lot of time for reflection or character development. It's just, it's just nonstop. There was, there was one point where I was like, where, where are the act breaks? Like, what, <laughs> what is the climax? Because at one point, you know, the bad guy is defeated before he becomes the big bad. And I thought, is that the end of the movie? Yeah, I was doing Because it was so hard to tell good. the arc of the story because it was just a one long slugfest that I thought maybe that was the end. And I was like, well, that's really disappointing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, not, not looking at my watch, realizing there was another 30 minutes, but I was just like, what's going on here? So I loved the JSA. Yeah. Every moment with the JSA I thought was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I thought Aldous Hodge was incredibly good as Hawkman. I was a little dubious. But he was great. He really walked that fine line of pulling off a ridiculous character and making him seem cool. That helmet. Nobody else could put... The Rock couldn't pull off that helmet. <laughs> but he did. He was so cool. I, I really... When they said Hawkman's going to be the movie, I went, oh, because Hawkman is, is tough. Yeah. In real human life. And he did it, though. He was cool as shit. And then Pierce Brosnan... As Dr. Fate, I was really excited for, but he 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 blew me away. I thought he was terrific. He's, he's got the look. He's, you know, it's great. He, he brings, you know, some gravitas to it, but also, like, very tired, like, which which fits the character. Like, he's just very, like, I've, I have lived. <laughs> I kind of called his death in his first oh, scene. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, he's, yeah, this is he's a not going to make a movie. film. They telegraph it. Right. I thought Quintessa Swindell's Cyclone looked awesome like her yep. power set the way they visualized the, it yeah, the way it's visualized yeah this rainbow cyclone it was so cool mm-hmm. and you know uh adam smasher was fine he was funny and was he charming. was charming and and henry winkler was was al pratt and that was great i love that i thought that was such an inspired choice and <laughs> it doesn't outstay its welcome i think they literally like uh, commissioned him on cameo to do like a short little <laughs> here's three lines of dialogue here's fifty dollars it's I mean, so good. I found myself wishing that Warner Brothers, that The Rock, had had the guts to just make him a villain. Mm-hmm. And that this had just been a JSA versus Black Adam story, as opposed to right. this mishmash of... Look, big movie stars don't like to play bad guys. Right. For various reasons. They like to be the star, they like to be the lead, they, they want you to like them. And so they take this great bad, bad guy and make him... Not even an anti-hero because he's just basically a murderer. Right. And again, not without necessarily without reason. I think the only possibly interesting philosophical thing here is that you, what, do you, what happens when you take a country that's been in, taken over by one invading army after another for thousands of years? What's their point of view? And their point of view is just kill them all. And, I, right. I, and, I, it's, could, so, and it's so – like that's such a – that there there's potential there in terms of – you know the, the the strife of it, and the idea that you know we want our own champion, and we don't want right. you coming in and policing us, the JFA, right. um, and that there's there's interesting stuff to be done there. But it's it's painted in such broad strokes, and you yeah. like the inner gang people, like who are like checking the cars, like they have like like Cobra Commando like kind of dialogue <laughs> where they're they're just like so evil. They're mm-hmm. not. They don't feel. They don't even just feel like you know. A mercenaries or a PMC or whatever it's supposed to be, but like it's just it it's just strange and the you know the the bad guy that's telegraphed like yeah. right away. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. 
that and that's so bland and it's just all the stuff that like aside from the JSA characters and you know the rock is is committed to the role at least oh yeah he he looks great he looked you know he he looked like a superhero in the outfit the outfit was pretty close to the comic especially the do at the end and mm-hmm. Be, him just going around being Black Adam looks cool. Like, I thought that the, that, I thought the effects were really strong. I, th- I thought yeah. the way he moved, really like those like the the like sort of like micro flash like speed. Yes, stuff I thought that was cool. Looks like he's teleporting and just the way he floats looks cool. And now on the other side, they really love slow motion at DC, God, Wonder Brothers Discovery. It's that, that Snyder residue. At the one point, I was like, if you took the slow motion and just made it regular motion, this movie would be twenty minutes shorter. Yeah, so that so I was having this you know this very thought that like yeah this looks I like the way his powers are being shown and yep. the, like and at that the second I had that thought the, you know the needle drop for paint it black mm-hmm. and everything goes in slow motion I'm like come on it's like <laughs> like what movie are you making like you you were doing so well it looked cool and even you know the 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 dialogue kind of sucked but like it it looked cool at least and. Um, you got, I was like, oh, he's not going to be quipping. He's just going to be, he's going to be quiet and intense. And right. then they bring in just the weirdest music. Well, he's very unrock. I mean, yeah. the rock has a persona, which mm-hmm. is awesome, but it was very, his character was very not that. He had a little bit of that sort of sly sarcasm, but it was, it was expressed in like very subtle or not, not overly showy ways. So back when they announced that The Rock was interested in doing stuff with Shazam and Black Adam, I thought that The Rock was going to be Shazam, was going right. to be Captain Marvel, because he can be really goofy. Oh, sure. Like uh, like when he comes in and does his, you know, once every three or four years stint in WWE and does a promo on the mic, he's it's dad jokes, you know? Yeah. And, He's very goofy, and I could see him at that point. This was years ago when they announced his first involvement with this. I could see him in the wig, you know, doing doing the Shazam thing, and I think that would have worked. Um, and I'm not saying this doesn't necessarily work. It's just this this plot, the, this the writing in this. Um, if you if you go, at first, I was thinking if this were animated, if this was one of the DC animated films, mm-hmm. would I be kinder to this? And to an extent, yeah, things can be a little bit broader in the DC animated films that we review all the time. But it's also just so hokey. Well, and the thing is also that you're dealing with sort of a larger picture here is what do they want these movies to be? Yeah. <laughs> what are they building here? It, it just you feels like they, but they're flailing. There's the no strategy. Right. And you can see that just by cursory following of the corporate news. Like they are flailing. But, you know, every time I think, well, maybe they're going to use this opportunity to sort of reset the ship or refocus the tone or reground the universe they don't they double down on it i mean i think it's totally fine to have philosophical differences in the movies and in the characters themselves over whether or not to kill you know almost all these characters in the marvel universe kill too but here they basically say if you don't kill your enemies you're an idiot Mm -hmm. and the movie takes that side it's not just the characters the movie does the movie comes down on the idea that Hawkman is an idiot for not killing his enemies, and a Black Adam isn't. And it's also like their only move. You yeah. Know? Like if you had other philosophical arguments to make, but they don't. They just kind of keep going back to the well. And even some of the cooler parts of the movie, there's there's kind of a bittersweet. There's a there's a sadness about it because like this version of Doctor Fate feels like an also ran to 
what the MCU has been doing with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Right down to the precognition stuff. Yeah. And then, like, as good as Hodge is, their characterization of Hawkman is basically Tony. It's basically a, like, a, like a combination of Iron Man and Falcon, you know, with, and, the, with the wings. And kind of Batman, too, because he's living in a, a fucking bit, giant A little bit of Batman estate. and, like, yeah. And, that, like, he's got – he's kind of got Black Panther's ship. He's yeah. got, like, his ship that he goes around in. And – Everything feels like an analog to, and I had to look this up. Like, so Doctor Strange is comes out in the sixties. Yeah, Doctor Fate's been around since the forties. Yeah, he's yeah he's, he's a, an he's, older character, he's a golden age era. But MCU, I mean, not to make it like a back and forth battle between the two, but I mean, it is that like they they ate DC's lunch on this stuff. And so, as cool as it is to see Doctor Fate, and as I love the design, I love the way the helmet looks. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, the powers, but like I've also I've seen it before because they've been doing all these all this stuff with Doctor Strange and and then and now you have a character that's an analog sort of of the MCU's Doctor Strange and the MCU's Iron Man in Doctor Fate and 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 like it's the it's the end game storyline where we know that there's going to be a death and we both predicted that that's what was going that's what was going to happen like that's not hawkman dying that's hawkman reacting to doctor fate's death right. sacrificing himself and okay fine that's fine that that's you know that we saw through that but like that's it's the same kind same of beats. character dynamic between what was going on it so we've seen it before which is kind of why cyclone was so cool and yeah. i mean even adam smasher is basically giant man He's giant man, but he doesn't have the shrinking powers. There's also a finite amount of power, so there's going to be some lap overlap. But you know, Cyclone was something I hadn't really seen before mm-hmm. on screen, at least I can think of. In terms of that way, the way they did, it. I just remember the first time they showed her power, I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like this, was, yeah. I mean, you like, could, you could rainbow. storm that way, but we haven't seen that. Yeah, really. We and she was cool, and they had, she had a fun little like, well, "Are they flirting? Are they not flirting?" thing with Adam Smasher, and that, I, I just loved the whole dynamic. I like that it was just a flirtation. I mean, it's yeah. very you know in your face but like i'm glad that they didn't turn it into you know a, ro- a romance right like it's just something it's just something on you know subtext but because he's kind of dopey yes i mean noah centineo is you know the internet's boyfriend and he's he's charming <laughs> but he's uh i like that the character's just kind of a dope oh yeah he's, he's just walking around with his uncle's gym bag and when they're talking about, he's like, "So what? What do you do?" She's like, "I've got aerokinesis," and he's like, "Yeah, I grow. <laughs> like, that's my thing." I, I mean, I genuinely laughed Very when cute. he was big and he, he accidentally knocked Hawkman out of the sky. Yeah, like it was funny. It's fun in the way that the uh, the Arrowverse, at its best, at its most charming, has been when they've done like crossover stuff. And it's fun with, in a way that these DC movies usually aren't, which I think I, was why I liked the GSA stuff so much because it felt bright and colorful. And it felt like a DC comic. Yeah. Whereas the tone of the Black Adam stuff was not. And also, just as a nitpick, the JSA is never taking orders from Amanda Waller. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it's just to me, it's just, it just goes to show that the strategy, the foundation behind these movies just doesn't make any sense. No, there's no one who is a comic person. And you don't have to even be a comic fan, just someone who understands the characters in the world who is making the architectural decisions that the, then the, the writers and the, the directors and the actors can then play in. Mm-hmm. But there's no one being like, 
No, there's no reason why Amanda Waller is 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 in charge of the JSA. That's the exact wrong thing. That's the one team she wouldn't be in charge of. It, it's because they're they're so blindly just following what they think is the yeah. MCU template and think, oh, we need to have this person. Like we need to have the Easter eggs. We need to have, yeah. you know, all the cameo appearances. Um, it was just frustrating. This. So what what I what I liked was with the JSA was that like they. They're in, and we don't have to deal with origin stories. Yes. It's just, I'm a superhero who does this. There are superheroes in this world. They have different powers. There are legacy characters. We refer to them. They didn't get into, you know, Hawkman stuff with, you know, reincarnation or being a cop from another planet. Both of those could be true. They allude to certain things, like the fact mm-hmm. that he's not afraid of dying. Like, oh, does that mean this? And that's there if you want it to be. But they don't, you know, languish on it. It was nice. It was really just refreshing to be like, here's just this team of characters. We do a good job in the story of telling you what you need to know. They're a lot of fun together. Uh, the team is a little small. Mm-hmm. Like, was it three people before they added Adam Smasher? It's just, a, you know, th- this is just a, you know, like a bounty that they're going after, basically. Yeah, I just, I just really, almost everything they did was great. I mean, there were things, little nitpicks here and there, but I, I just thought... I'm really enjoying everything about the JSA. There, yeah, there are times where you can be like, you can pretend that this is a better movie than it is. Right. And just because I like these characters. And I, I have such a, a fondness for the JSA in general, but also like characters like like Maxine, because that was one of the first comics that I picked up getting back into comics in mm-hmm. college, was that Justice Society of America run when when Johns and Eaglesham came back to the, to the book. So that's where she's introduced. And... So I have like a like a bit of an attachment to that era, and so it was cool because like we've seen they've done stuff with the JSA, nothing to this level, but we've seen them on TV. Yeah, and they we see them every week in Star Girl two stuff, and so it's kind of yeah, and it's kind of cool that it's just this is another iteration of the JSA with those legacy characters, but it's it doesn't have to tie all back into World War II. They don't have to be people out of time stuff like that. It's just fun characters and they can have interesting dynamics like like this. Like, as simple as these two have, like, a little bit of a crush on each other or these two are old buddies that have been fighting alongside each other for, for a long time and sometimes, you know, have different disagreements, but they're not at each other's throats. And Oh, yeah, you can tell there was a lot of affection. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of affection. I thought Aldous Hodge and Pierce Brosnan were terrific together. That's great, yeah. That Pierce Brosnan was an inspired choice to be Dr. Mm-hmm. Fate. Absolutely. He has that gravitas that we all bring to the table from watching him in movies for years and years. Mm-hmm. We know Pierce Brosnan. We, we get a sense of that character already. Yeah. He had a great sadness to him. And the, the, right. he looked cool in the suit. <laughs> he looks cool in the suit. I wish the cape was yellow, but that's fine. The inside was yellow. <laughs> sure. It's sort of put in stark relief all the other things that were kind of missing from the movie. So, like, you know, the story is that Black Adam is resurrected, that, that conducts time of greatest need, and they're being being run by intergang this international cobra escort organization which is a long stretch from the you know the mafia gang from metropolis in the comics yeah they're trying to find this crown made of what was it is it not unobtainium that's, that's <laughs> avatar right eternium eternium so he gets brought back by the the kid's mother played by uh who actually i like a Sarah lot Sarah Shahi? Shahi. she's almost like a tomb raider type <laughs> they even have the tank top in the pants yeah she's she's an archaeology teacher but yeah. She's like an adventure archaeology teacher. I never took that class in college. I should have. 
And so he comes back, and then it leads to an extended, you know, two-hour fight scene between him and Andrew Gang and the JSA. Um, the, this crown made of uh, Ternium, the Izzy MacGuffin, they're all chasing, and then eventually the bad guy gets his hands on it. He becomes whatever he became. Who was his name? It Sabak. Was Sabak, and they fight for they fight, and that's how it ends. Did you even get a sense of what the Eternium did, or why it was important? Like you know, it's at this point, it's basically like okay, that's unobtainium, and this is uh, their version of the Infinity Gauntlet because they were mining a hell of a lot of it. Yeah, and so like, what was the like? They just never really made us gave us a sense of like why and what it did, and well, it's sort of like a natural or well, so. You know, again, you could think of it as being like vibranium, mm-hmm. and it powers stuff. Like it powers their bikes. But like, why, right. why is their operation just there? Why haven't they taken over the world? If and also, I know it's like a point in the movie where they say to the JSA, like, you know, you've left us alone for so long under the boot hill. These people, now you're here. But like, are we saying that they there's all these government organizations and all these heroes would have just left this alone? Like a terrorist takeover of a country? It's very strange. You would think in a world with a Superman that this would not be <laughs> allowed to continue. But the, and then that, but the, you know, I, like I get it. You can tell that story, but I don't think they put in the groundwork for it. Right. They just didn't earn any of the stuff. So there was a couple of things I thought were interesting that I liked. I mean, I didn't, the twist of, so there's this giant, giant statue. Uh, we just don't have enough giant statues like that in the world of, <laughs> yeah, of, exactly. We think is Black Adam in the middle. It's, it's and it's really you know old and destroyed, but it's there and no arms. Black Adam's constantly flying over and looking, staring at it. And we find out, and this is slightly different than the comic book origin. We find out through flashbacks that well, in the beginning of the, the whole Lord of the Rings opening, we see that you know there's this kid who rebels against the the tyrants who run the t- country, and he he's going to get executed, but. The wizard Shazam is saving him in the last moment, giving him the powers of Shazam. And so we think the whole time that kid was Black Adam, but we learn later on that Black Adam was the kid's father. Right. Teth Adam is the father of the kid because the kid, because it's like, it's not just one twist, it's multiple twists because we keep going back to this same prologue. Yeah. We keep flashing it back from to different it. angles. It's so the kid does become the champion, does become effectively Shazam, but yes. he gives up his powers to save his father. Yep. As he's, is he injured at this point? Teth, his dad is injured, or he's like the the mom was just killed. Yeah. So he's been yeah. And so he he basically says, "I need you. You say the word, and I'm going to transfer the power to you." And then as he does that, enemy assassins come in. And they kill the kid. Right. And so now Black Adam is Black Adam with the powers. And he was like, I was never chosen to be a hero. I never imagined myself as a hero. But he's the only one who can be the hero that they need. Right. Because the kid was more of like the ideal hero, right? Right. The one who has the ideals of, I'm going to use these powers for good. Whereas Teth Adam has got the powers and a chip on his shoulder. So that's why he's... Right. And so he's, he's fueled badass. by revenge. He wants to get revenge for his son. He wants to get revenge for his wife, who looks a lot like this new kid's mom in the, in the present. <laughs> First of all, I was glad there was no romance between him and Adriana. Yeah. Sarah Shai. Just because it was an unusual take. You know, there is, but it was like, okay. 
But also, nice little side note was that the the actor who played the champion, which was the kid in the form in the basically Captain Marvel form, was Uli Latukifu, who plays the young rock on the on the sitcom. On the oh, okay, okay. So it was, an, it was a little Easter egg of the guy who plays the young rock was playing the young rock. And then there's another actor playing Teth Adam in mortal form, and they photoshop rock's face on it and it's not as bad as like the scorpion king cg from back in the day which is like widely regarded as some of the worst you know cg effects in in a major motion picture it looks fine it's just weird because like it's been many many years (laughs) since the rock has been that small and it's just the rock head on like a regular dude's body (laughs) yeah yeah it was you know i can point to sequences i liked and i can point to like little bits here and there that they were like, I don't think it was like a disaster. I just think it was really disappointing. And I thought it was really disappointing from a larger standpoint. Like it's coherent. Oh, we're just really digging our heels in. Like you guys don't like the tone. Fuck you. Here's the tone Mm -hmm. in triplicate. And then, so let's talk about Superman. Okay. So this was leaked out. I'm sure by the production to try to goose the, box office but the mid-credit sequence is that after the movie ends and they defeated what's his name again sabak sabak after that happens the jsa leaves kondok in the hands of black adam who is the protector of kondok not a king he right he, he destroys the throne. the throne he doesn't sit on the throne which is a it, but first he sits on the throne and does the pose <laughs> Which is what Black Adam in the like, comics is. Like, I was fine with him being the right. king of conduct. We come back, and Amanda Waller, who earlier they had imprisoned Black Adam in the... I really thought that was the end of the movie. They, they imprisoned Black Adam in the... I was going to say Checkmate, but the... Oh, yeah. Uh, Task Force X Black Task Force site. X Black Site. And uh, so she pops up uh, on a screen, or was like a communication Some, at the know. end in the yeah. mid credit sequence she shows up on a drone she's like right. a hologram projected right. off a drone and she says basically like we're watching you we're gonna keep her eye and you know all the stuff like, you don't want to stay in my prison that's fine but like you're in a you, prison now you, you, you step one foot out Kondok of Kondok. space <laughs> yeah and he's like there's no man on earth that can take me and so then of course through the smoke lands superman how interesting that you put it so specifically. No man <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> no man from Earth or no Earth man or whatever it was. It was no human. Anyway, no man born of Earth or something. I don't know. <laughs> Superman lands, played by Henry Cavill, and he says, and it says basically, you know, if we if you leave this, we're gonna have a problem. And just you know, tough guy posturing. The Rock does the like the eyebrow, <laughs> right? Basically. So, The Rock is desperate to have a sequel movie where Black Adam fights Superman. I mean, he's, ba- he's basically said that. Hey, you know, th- there's a world where that's a very compelling idea. And like, today, as we record this, Henry Cavill announced that he's going to be doing more Superman movies, which was right. not something that was, you know, known before. A, is The Rock going to allow himself to lose? Because <laughs> you lose to Superman. That's how that works. Right. And B... Any hope I had in my short mortal coil that we would see them write the DC movie ship and fix all this 
is like rapidly flying out the window as fast as Superman flies out the window. To now, the last out. I had heard, I remember they wanted J.J. Abrams to come in. Well, there's been lots of And then they wanted, they wanted maybe a black Superman. Which is still on the table, apparently, on as table, like an okay. Elseworlds-y movie like the Joker movie. Okay. I'm cool with that. Like, I, I think maybe J.J. Abrams go off and do your own franchises instead of, you know... I enjoyed The Force Awakens. I enjoyed the first Star Trek movie. Mm -hmm. But maybe you don't need to do all the tent poles. Maybe you don't have to have all the figures in the sandbox. And I don't think it's Henry Cavill. I think he, as an actor... I think Henry Cavill is fine. And I do think... I think he deserves a good Superman movie. He looks the part. uh, Until Man of Steel took a left turn on us, he was great. Yeah. It's not his fault these movies Henry Cavill has never been the problem. No. I just wish they would clean the slate. And say, yeah. you know what? Right. We're starting over. This There's was a baggage. mistake. We went about this all the wrong way. Let's start over. Yeah. And apparently that's never going to happen. And as I settle into middle age, I realize <laughs> I may never see that happen. And that's fine. I've come to terms with it. To look mostly. at other semi-Warner Brothers properties, it's <laughs> like when, uh, when Frodo gets stabbed by the, the blade of the Nazgul, mm-hmm. right? And like... Even though he gets cured by the elves from that, he will always have that injury on him. Correct. He's like always like poisoned by it throughout the rest of his. And that's why he goes to the Grey Havens anyway. That's how like the DC stuff feels. Like it just feels like no matter what, it's yeah. just it's got this taint to it. The first Wonder movie is ninety percent awesome. Yeah. I mean, they just love these final act CGI monster battles, which you know Marvel does too. But it just seems like with DC, it's even just more, these like. like the, they're like these uninteresting, unimaginative creatures. With like faces that don't move. Like it's like they're Botoxed faces. If you like put the, just... was it Ares in Wonder Woman? And right. you put Steppenwolf from Justice League and you put Sabak from this movie all on a stage next to each other. I don't think I could pick them apart. Like it's just these right. uninteresting monster bad guys that show up at the last minute for them to fight. It's not even somebody they've been fighting the whole movie. You know, it's not like... Uh, you know, fighting Thanos where you've been, it's, it's just like all of a sudden this creature shows up and they got to punch it a lot. And that's the end of the, and it's just like, it's the same thing over and over in these DC movies. So it's just, even the good ones have those, have those inherent problems. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the Batman earlier. Yeah, but that's year. not part of that world. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's what they're doing with DC. It's like, it's, well, they're doing the, the multiverse thing where they can go outside the world. Like right. at some point in the movie, we're in the, we're in the kid's bedroom. And he's got posters of the Justice League all over the place, and it's Ben Affleck, and it's Henry Cavill. And I was just like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Like, they're just saying, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Even though Ben Affleck's never playing Batman again, I guess he is in a cameo in The Flash. But still, like, he's not doing a Batman movie, so now what are you going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. It's just ugh, it's just frustrating. I don't know. What, like, overall, like, what, what was your feeling when you left the movie? It's to a point where... I don't want to say I go in just with no expectation that I'm going to enjoy them at all, but I, I come to them more from like an academic level of interest of like, what, what are they going to try this time? <laughs> like, what, what are their choices going to be? How are they going to try to bridge the gap between them and Marvel? Or are they going to try to do something totally different, which is what they should do? Um, yeah, and the thing is like, I know we're being very down on the movie. Like you, I think... I had very low expectations. Again, there were the reviews were out there. Sounds like this is going to be terrible. The trailers didn't instill a whole lot of hope. But I enjoyed the JSA stuff. I just I thought that that's neat. And like it's sort of like 
with all these movies, not all of them, but a good chunk of these DC movies, I can pull sequences from it that I yep. like. I can say, oh, that, that characterization of Wonder Woman is neat. The, the design stuff in Aquaman, like the like the, the ships and like the undersea stuff, looks so cool. That that the the breach yes. thing that's that was awesome. That was a cool little horror thing. I just pull the things I like, and then the other stuff I just kind of discard. I like, I it's it's a bit sad, but I'm not down on it because it's it's not my circus anymore. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to be good. I would love to have got, got in there and been like blown away. Like holy shit, that was amazing. Sure. I go into every movie, not just superhero movies. Every movie I see, I go into hoping it's great. Yeah, I'm not going in like, oh, I can't. I'm, let's go trash the new. No, not at all. Movie, no. It's. I go in well, hoping every single experience in the theater is awesome. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I disagree with every critic. That was amazing, and I've had mm-hmm. that experience. There's certain movies where almost everybody seems to hate, and I, I enjoy. So mm-hmm. I go into that hoping that's going to be the case. I just think it also, as we said, reinforced all my angst about the way that Warner Brothers and DC approached these movies and just my hope against hope that one day they would go another direction. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just frustrating. I love The Rock. I genuinely love The Rock. And so I was, like, excited. When it first announced, I was like, okay, this will be fun. And then it was like, okay, well, fine. Was this the same, I think it's the same director or the same writer as the Jungle Cruise movie? That he was oh, also it's probably in? the same director. This guy directed the same director. a couple of uh, uh, Liam Neeson actioners. He did that, but he also he did Jungle Cruise in 2021. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at his producing credits. Yes, you're right. He also did The Shallows. He did Orphan. House of, the House of Wax remake from 2005, one of the worst horror movies ever. So originally, apparently, they wanted Liam Neeson as Dr. Fate. Okay. Which I, I think would have worked, but I don't think it was as well, I don't know. He's very good. He would have been fine. But Pierce Brosnan brought a little something to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. I th- I'm i glad that it turned out that way. The helmet shouldn't have disappeared. Yeah, that's... When yeah, it, I was like, what's going on with that? When it faded away, I was like, no, that's a million-year-old artifact that someone else will pick up. Okay. <laughs> just like, by the end of it, I was just beaten down by two hours of punching. Here's a question for the I pose to you and to the audience. Uh-huh. Have you seen I, I love The Rock and I'm not saying anything. Like yep. have you seen a movie where The Rock has a like do you buy into the the romance? I don't think I've ever seen The Rock have chemistry mm. with a romantic lead. Mm. Maybe not in a film, and I I I'm I'm as big of a fan of it as I am, I've not seen all of his films, but he was a very good, legitimately good actor on the series Ballers for four seasons. I've heard good things. Like, legitimately good. Like, that's probably the best thing he's ever done in terms of just pure, like, acting, pathos, character stuff. Um, but he's had, he had several romances on that show. I'm just trying to think. It's been so long. Those are the before times. I just thought of it because that was my thing with Jungle Cruise. is Because mm. I was looking forward to that movie because it looked like a fun, like, going back to, like, the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a fun swashbuckling popcorn flick. I never flick. saw that. Has no chemistry whatsoever with Emily Blunt, right. and not that everyone should have chemistry with Emily Blunt, but I mean, you know, how hard could it be? And it's just, but he also plays this weird out of time character in that as well, right? So that makes it a little odd. Like the, it, it's not an exact pl- like even playing field for him in terms of interaction with with him. It just he feels like a like like a Hercules guy. Yeah, I know he's played Hercules, but like a <laughs> like he's a a demigod. Like right. He just 
Like I've never bought into one of his romantic relationships with a hmm. with a lead. I just but. well, I mean that's maybe why it's an Anderson one. This one, I mean, who knows? Who knows? He's got several films in development right now. I am interested in, in the King movie where he's playing King Kamehameha. Um, but oh right, that isn't that's interesting. That seems like more of a drama. But um, I like I like The Rock a lot in those Fast and the Furious movies. I think oh he's great in those movies. Where he explodes his cast. Daddy's got to go to work. Come on. It's amazing. I love those movies so much. Anyway, I was just disappointed. I didn't hate it. I was disappointed. The JSA was great. The JSA felt like they came in from another movie universe where things were fun and character costumes were awesome. And I don't know. On the whole, I mean, Black Adam's costume is pretty comic appropriate. So, like, it seemed like this movie. Maybe one of the first DC movies where the costumes were all on point, or as close as you're going to get, probably. Yeah, I almost I agree with that. I think that, all, yeah, everybody looked good. Like again, they made Hawkman look like okay. I buy that. <laughs> like I'm not. I remember at the point in the movie where he's fighting uh, the Rock. I'm sorry, Black Adam, and I was like, oh, is he gonna, where's the mace? He needs the mace, and then he just pulls it out, and I was like, yes, the mace. Like it was cool. There was some cool bits. You know, I was into it. Yeah. But then, like, it never stopped. It never took a breath. It never made us really feel or care or anything about the fate of the characters, uh, especially the ones in conduct. I mean, you know, you had overweight funny guy, and you had yeah. pretty pretty mom, and you had precocious kid, and they were sort of stock characters. Right. And they were all good at them. All the actors were, you know, the kid was the kid, but kid actors are like that. But, like, the, you know, Sarah Shahi was good, and the guy playing her brother, he was good, too. I feel like the mace was a little small. He was a little small. I feel like it had a bigger. Right? Kind of like a more like a cooking implement than a. <laughs> it was like a meat tin. But then it turns into the axe. It yeah. turns into the axe, and the axe was huge. So they cut Hawkwoman out of that movie. She was originally supposed to be in it. And I noticed. I mean, the trailer was sort of everywhere, and that bit where he's flying alongside, like, is it like a stealth bomber or something? Like some kind of jet. Uh-huh. That's not in the movie. Well, I mean, she wasn't shot, but they were. She was in the script, and they decided oh, to okay. remove her from the movie. Um, I think there was some. There was another character. Like the JSA was bigger in the script. Okay. And they pared it down, which makes sense from a. I like it standpoint. being like a small, like, I, I, it, I, it. They never presented it as this is the entire Justice Society. It was oh, just sure. Like we are a squad going out to do this job. I will say, Paul. I was hoping. I mean, I love Easter eggs. I know we complain about them, but like, right? If anywhere to do Easter eggs, it's with the JSA. Of course. If the team is supposed to be bigger. You know, show me Jay Garrick's helmet on the wall or a lantern right. or something, you know. Even if they've retired. I'm going to take one of Our Man's pills and <laughs> I need it to... It's not a pill on the TV show, you know. He's got a little amulet because he can't have a teenager taking pills. Right. So I think if I'm going to give this movie credit, I'm going to give it credit for being the most successful DC movie in terms of introducing a bunch of new characters. Mm-hmm. And doing it in a fun, like, I mean, I still think it was, it was always a mistake to jump right to the Justice League. Yeah. But this movie is much more successful in introducing this team of characters, even if it was a small team, and making them fun and interesting and some characters you rooted for than the Justice League movie did. It was characters that we all, like, culturally, most people know anyway. They just, you just didn't really care about them. I just wish there was, like, okay, keep the Superman bit in the mid credits, but then have, like, a, post post credits where 
you, where you see Henry Winkler like training his his nephew, <laughs> like through a bullhorn or whatever. Right. Like they're yeah. they're in a, a ring. It's like it's like like Mickey and Rocky. It's like come on. See what what you could do in a cool way would be, you can have the original team be all retired, right? You don't need yeah. to have Jay Garrick on the new team, but you so you can you can use all these great old actors mm-hmm. to play like the original JSA team. That's sort of in the background of the new team. I think it'd make a great movie. I really do think this, that if this movie is successful, and it's done relatively well, you know, for what it is in terms of it's box like, office. What, what was that movie? Space Cowboys. Yes, yeah, Space Cowboys. You get, like yes. Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee and... Jones, Clint Eastwood, and uh, James Garner. Great Man, movie. That's oh, James Garner would have been. Who would you cast James Garner as if he's still around? James Garner would have made an interesting. It's Ted, right? Is he tough enough for Ted? He could be a Ted. He could be a he could be a wildcat. It'd be an interesting wildcat. Yeah. My mind went immediately because he's he's so suave to Alan Scott, but he may not be right for Alan Scott. Mm. I miss James Garner. He was great. Everything he was in was great. Anyway, this was a weird film. It was ultimately (laughs) for me a disappointing film, but there was bits I really liked. If this movie had been JSA versus Black Adam, I think it would have been a much better movie. It would have made much more sense. So we, we don't have to go through the whole ranking, but this is like in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of bad. <laughs> no, yeah, no, for sure. It's there's not as good as Wonder bad. Woman. It's not as much fun as Shazam. It's not nearly as offensive as Justice League or Man of Steel or Batman vs. Superman. So it's definitely above those. I have to watch Aquaman again. I haven't seen it since the theaters. At its moments. I remember I liked it. I remember in the review liking yeah. it. I just need to rewatch it again. It's better than Wonder Woman 1984, Black Adam. Black Adam? But, uh, yes. As much as it pains me to say. Because, man, remember when that trailer came out? Oh, yeah. No, it was exciting. I was so excited. Great. I was like, this is perfect. That's it's such a good idea. And, and, then, and then you got Pedro Pascal in it. Like, come on. So by means of just elimination, <laughs> this movie ends up like in the top third of DC Probably. movies. Yeah. I'm okay with that. It's got the JSA. I'm, as a, as yeah. a JSA super fan, I am thrilled. I mean, you and I, I'm glad to see you and I talking about this because you and I, of the fanboy crew, are, the, are definitely the top two JSA fans, which is not to say there are not other JSA fans on staff. Right. But you and I have always been in the top. And I'll say this. This movie made me go home and I, I pull out, I have the three JSA omnibus, omniboo mm-hmm. on my shelf. And I pulled them out. I started leafing through them. And I was like, oh, God, I need to reduce because... It reminded me how much I loved. When they went to the the firehouse for the pancake breakfast, Ugh, that's yes. that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want from DC. <laughs> Seriously, someone needs double to- page spread of them going, and then like they're on the uh, fire truck, and the Dalmatians there with his tongue hanging. Oh man! I'm not saying I need to be the new Kevin Feige. I'm just saying put me on the creative committee. <laughs> I get it. Give us a seat in the room. <laughs> I just want a voice. I just want to be the guy who goes, um, why is Amanda Waller running this team? That definitely would not be happening. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, let's, get, let's do your favorite part of the show and give it a, a rating on the five-star oh, scale. Uh, I know you don't like it, but I do it just because you don't like it. It's tough. I feel like... It's the two? Is it a two and a half? I feel like a two is too low and a three is too high. So two yeah. and a half. Two and a half feels okay. Two and a half out of five. 
if you're a, a JSA fan, it's worth watching. For I always sure. feel confident about the star rating until I think of what star rating I gave to other things. Oh, you can't. You got to put it on it's your. It's like brain. once you you're like, but I gave a I gave this a three, and that's so much better than. You know, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's each thing's got to kind of live on its own. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. matter. But <laughs> we just it do matters it to annoy Paul. just for right now. Yeah. <laughs> so for this moment, this is a this is a two and a half. I'm gonna say two point five one, just to give it a little nudge. Okay. So there you go. There's Black Adam, the latest film from DC Warner Brothers Discovery. And we'll be back, some form of uh, the iFanboy crew will be back reviewing Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which comes out in a, just a under a month, about three weeks. And then I think, is that it for DC, for superhero films for the rest of the year? I think it is. Well, it's Animation Brain Trusts. Oh, right. Uh, we'll be back. We'll reconvene for Super Sons. Yeah. So Super Sons, Batman Superman Super Sons is already out, but just from scheduling point of view, we're not going to get that review out to you probably till the end of November. Early, I have been making the schedule, and it's just a, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. There's just a lot of stuff. There's a so lot going on. We're going to get it to you though. We've got it. I've got the Blu-ray right here. I haven't watched it yet, but we'll be reviewing that. We'll be reviewing Black Panther, and this is Black Adam. And until next time, oh, of course, always in the meantime. You can listen to our Pick of the Week show every week. Me and my co-host Josh Flanagan, and sometimes Paul, sometimes Ryan Haupt, talk about the week's comics, what we enjoyed, what we didn't enjoy, what, what was happening in the week's comics. We have our monthly Booksplode review show, which is a review show of graphic novels. We have our Talksplode interview show, which is an interview show that Josh talks to creators. All kinds of shows happening at fanboy.com. A lot of them unlocked by the patrons at patreon.com slash fanboy. Thanks for being a patron. And we thank everyone who listened to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the film. Like, if you enjoyed the film, I'm happy for you. I hope everyone yeah. enjoys everything. Absolutely. You gotta take what you can get around here these days. That's true. That's true. Until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. See you later. Oh,